Bible Podcast for January 27, 2012. This is the second podcast, and today I'm with Dan Horn. This is Hervé Saint-Louis, publisher, editor-in-chief of the Comic Book Bill. Um, Dan. Yes. Comics this week. The biggest news, I think, was the new DC Comics logo, which I believe they changed recently in 2008, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, they changed it to the uh, the swoosh. Yeah. What do you think about it? Um, I think uh, the thing that I was most surprised about was um, how much coverage it got. It got a... Uh, there was a lot of... Um, <laughs> I don't know. Much ado about very little uh, on the internet over this. But uh, I, I think it looks... It looks interesting, and I'm I'm interested to see and see what the logo itself looks like um, on the comics themselves. I think it has sort of like a wraparound format, if I'm not mistaken, from the, the pictures I've seen. It kind of appears that way, um, and I don't know. It's, I'm kind of indifferent right now. Um, like I said, I guess I'll have to see it in person. And make a uh, <laughs> a gut decision, um, but uh, it's I feel like it's a little um, it's definitely modern, but maybe a little bland. Um, it's definitely not as uh, flashy as the the two thousand eight logo. Um, but what do you think about it? Well, so far I still prefer the two thousand eight logo which I thought really captured the older ones, the history and all of that, and yeah. made it work. Uh, even the flying logo that we, we would see at the be- beginning of uh, movies, the way they animated it with uh, the pixel stuff, uh, like the comic dots and so on, I really liked that. Uh, yeah. This one, I guess, they're going to probably introduce for the new Batman, and that's why they, they had to re... Well, they decided to rebrand. And one question I do have is, why didn't they just introduce it at the same time as a new 52? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, that's something that I'm kind of scratching my head over too. You know, it's like, why is it coming out <laughs> eight months after the fact? It's kind of strange. Uh, it's just kind of lends to the idea that maybe this whole new 52 thing wasn't all that well thought out, you know, from a marketing standpoint. Yeah. Or really from, from any standpoint, if you think about it. I mean, the fact that six books are getting canceled already is, you know, just a, another glaringly obvious uh, fact of that. Yeah, well, at least they're getting replaced by something else. But uh, yeah. uh, that logo, what I what I like about the logo is how it's flexible to, to be adapted to whatever series and so on. Yeah. Uh, what I don't like is that, that, that page flip thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's meant to be a, the letter D, I guess, but those page turn thing—that's that's old. That's like nineteen yeah. ninety stuff. Yeah, I mean, people well, used I, to I do think that. A lot of the reboot has been nineteen ninety stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so they're going they're going back to basics, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that it. I know there's been a lot of comment on the the design value and stuff. Mm-hmm. The C letter, I like the way that what they're doing with it, how they can play with it. Yeah. 
um, but I don't like the the first the the flip whatever the flip page. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it doesn't work. It's not read easily. You don't know what it is. You... Yeah, exactly. You would kind of, if you were, um, you know, someone pretty new to comics, you would kind of say, well, what the hell is that? It just looks like a tab that's being pulled away from a C, you know. But yeah. What I'm really interested in seeing is, I'm guessing, um, you know, if they use this in, um, you know, to introduce film like they did with the old logo and they animate it. Yeah, they will. They have it peel away like that. It's uh, it's still not going to look like a D. You know, it's just going to be a semicircle. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's going to look uh, uh, all that distinct, I guess. Well, the, the peel animation thing, that's not even very original. That's like, I mean, we know that that's what they're going to be doing. Yeah. But in terms of animation... Uh, uh, by the way, um, was an animator. Still, I'm an animator. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's not original at all. It's quite. It's quite basic. There's no creativity in peeling away something. Yeah, that's been done like uh, a thousand times. I, I don't know. That's not. I don't think it's great. Um, I like the fact that they're willing to try different colors and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I'm not really into that. Um, one thing I do related to that, I mean, new stuff from DC. Um, if we're going to talk about DC, uh, they have the new DC direct action figures that they release about the Justice League. Those are going to look nice. Uh, they yeah. are based on Jim Lee's design. Those are fun. Um, that's that's one yeah. thing that I think uh, DC has done really well for the past, um, I guess, decade, uh, maybe longer than that. Mm-hmm. DC Direct has has consistently put out uh, really amazing uh, action figures and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I used to be a heavy duty DC Direct collector. Well, visitors to the site can see that. I mean, there's a whole DC Direct action figure section. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've got four more action figures than those that are reviewed on the site. Actually, I mean, I started collecting them way back in '99, so I've got mm-hmm. a very good collection of those. But I kind of—it's easy to drop quickly off. Yeah, there's so many of them, so it's very easy to to drop off if you don't follow for a while. So I'm actually yeah. quite late in my collecting. But I used to be a hardcore. Like I've got some of the figures that you just can't find anymore uh, from the early ones, but. Uh, I guess that's a new DC. Um, on the Marvel side, I don't know what's happening these days. Yeah. Anything special this week about Marvel? No? <laughs> well, um, the one thing I guess that I'm excited about is uh, Rick Remender um, is taking over Secret Avengers. And uh, although I liked um, Warren Ellis' uh, take on the Secret Avengers, I, I loved Warren Ellis' take, actually. Um uh, I'm a sucker for a Rick Remender story, so uh, I'm excited about it. And um, other than that, I mean, my my Marvel intake has been pretty light uh, recently. Um, with the whole uh, Avengers versus X Men thing coming up, I'm kind of keeping my distance on a few things. Um, 
still reading like Wolverine and the X Men though. Uh, that's a great series. Mm-hmm. And um, Remender's other series, uh, Uncanny X Force, is absolutely mind blowing. Um, and he just started a, a new um, story arc of Uncanny X Force last week. Um, but other than that, not a whole lot going on. I'd have to see what the, everyone's been talking about on Kanye X Force. I probably should start paying attention to it a bit. I mean, yeah, I it's uh, it's really. I think this is going to be thought of as one of the um, quintessential uh, X books. Okay. You know, five years from now, people are going to be like, "Oh yeah, Rick Remender's Uncanny X Force was, you know, the end all be all of uh, X books." <laughs> okay. um, it's funny, the reason I haven't picked it up is, uh, you know, traditionally X-Force was never the number one series. I mean, it was always like an important series. Yeah. So I, have, I haven't picked it up just because of that. I don't know. I, I haven't paid attention to it very much. I've only paid attention to the core X-Men yeah. book. But maybe well, the, I should. The nice, the nice thing about uh, Remender's X-Force has been that it's it has been standalone. So it's almost... Like um, you know, like you said, it's not um, integral to your you know X Men reading, mm-hmm. um, but it's got such this. It's got such a rich um, uh, history uh, sewn into the story, and it's got uh, uh, beautiful artwork the entire way through the series, and um, extremely well written. And uh, the Dark Angel saga, which just ended uh, last month, I believe, or yeah, last month or two months ago, um, was absolutely incredible. What was that uh, about? Well, uh, Archangel, um, as you know, is... uh, I think he's blue and and regular. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he he was... um, he was turned into Archangel by Apocalypse, you know, back in the... Uh, yeah, way back. Yeah, that I know. Way, yeah. yeah, back in the 80s, I guess it was. Yeah. And, um, anyways, uh, he um, turns out to be the heir of uh, Apocalypse um, on Earth 616. And um, he has this uh, alternate personality that, uh, you know wants to wipe out humanity that's slowly creeping to the surface. And um, in the Dark Angel saga, that that finally takes over. And uh, the X-Force has to stop him with the help of the Age of Apocalypse uh, X-Men. And it's uh, it turned out to be really, a really interesting story arc and um, really emotional and... Uh, uh, well written and uh, like I said before, just amazing and beautiful artwork. So it's um, not your standard uh, X Men book, but it's it's definitely um, worth a look if you haven't read it. Okay, I'll probably pick up the the paperback when it comes out if they make one. Yeah, you should. I think the um, I think the first two or three story arcs might be out in uh, trade already. Okay, so you should take a look at them. Yeah. That's good. Um, my reading list has been very light because I've been very busy mm-hmm. uh, professionally. Um, what I've read, um, well, 
last night I read the last issue of Aquaman. Aquaman number five. So that's the first new storyline following the the introduction in the new 52. And I know you're not a fan of Jeff Jones, but I really liked it. <laughs> it was a good book. I mean, it's been done before. I mean, throwing Aquaman in, in the desert, that's been done. Uh, that was done uh, in the early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. And there was a team book... Um, or something like that. Uh, like yeah, a, with uh, Metamorpho, right? Yeah, there was that yeah, one. I think, it was, um, I think it was Brave and the Bold. Yeah, there was this issue. I remember that one. And then the other one was... Um, it was a year one story. That probably in the 90s. Or so, mm-hmm. It was way back. I remember that story. Because he was being chased by Neptune. And yeah. yeah, Superman wasn't exactly sure why you in the desert. Anyway, that's an old story. But Jeff Jones did the same thing a second time. Although he didn't explain how come Aquaman went all the way to the desert so fast. In a, yeah. But that was cool. Um, I mean, he explained it, but it, it, quite, it didn't exactly make sense all the way. But it was still cool. Um, it, it was a very good comic. And Jeff Jones is playing with the... He did that in the first couple of issues of Aquaman where he was playing with technology. Mm-hmm. So now he was playing with it again. This time, uh, I really like what he did. Um, like, he's still using water as a technology. Um, and you know those projectors, like those that were introduced way back in Star Wars when someone has a, like a recording? Those good old, like those hologram projector? Yeah. So this one used water instead. Interesting. So it's really cool. It's really fun. Uh, I think that's a very nice, intelligent touch. If there's ever an Aquaman movie, they should definitely use that in there. Like water as a hologram projection unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of cool things in that issue. It's just one issue. And the other one I read, the big one, was uh, the Justice League, the new one, the latest one. And that was it. The one where the first fight that they have with Darkseid. And that one really surprised me. Um, Bruce Wayne does something crazy in there. Um, it was just good, too. Uh, I'm liking it. I can't believe I'm liking Jeff Jones stuff, but <laughs> it's actually good this time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, well, it's got we, good. We had started to talk about this um, before the podcast, and what I wanted to say was, um, I, I mean... You know I don't like Johns' uh, work most of the time, but if I think about it, um, his work on books like uh, Booster Gold, uh, like that might be one of my favorite, um, you know, comic book stories of the past ten years, and that's you know that's a Jeff Johns book, or it was for you know the first uh, um, uh, several issues. Um, so, I mean, I guess for him, it's, or for me, rather, Jeff Johns is hit or miss. But when he is hit, you know, it's uh, it's huge. I, I think he does a really good job sometimes. But at yeah. other times, he he doesn't do a, a very good job at all. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Sometimes I don't like it, but um, I like what he's doing now in those two series, at least. And Green Lantern, I also like what he, he's been doing recently. Uh, which is funny because I really didn't want to read Green Lanterns. Green Lantern, 
before the 52, but now I, I'm like, wow, this is actually quite good. Um, yeah, it, I haven't been reading Green Lantern. I'm, I was kind of in the, um, the camp that I thought Hal Jordan becoming Parallax really uh, humanized Hal Jordan. And Kyle Rayner, for me, I grew up, you know, uh, reading, you know, Zero Hour and then yeah. Kyle Rayner, Kyle um, Green Lantern. And Kyle Rayner was, you know, my favorite Green Lantern of all time. And I, I thought Ron Mars did a really good job of uh, encapsulating, um, you know, Generation X with Kyle Rayner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, to me, it seemed perfect that Hal Jordan um, lost his mind, you know, and uh, Kyle Rayner was the one that had to um, eventually defeat him. Um, even though I, I don't think it was, well, it was how Jordan actually defeated, uh, Kyle, I think, and then, um, realized the error of his ways or something like that. Um, uh, I can't remember, but anyway, uh, I thought the, the whole parallax thing was really humanizing. And then, uh, there's all this crazy mystical stuff with how Jordan becoming the specter and then, uh, Jeff Johns bringing him back as, Green Lantern and Rebirth, and I just, I don't know, uh, Hal Jordan started to feel like a, a cipher to me, like he wasn't, um, you know, he didn't seem very three-dimensional to me anymore, and uh, like I said, I, I just preferred uh, Kyle Rayner anyway, I thought he was much more dynamic and um, interesting and relatable, Yeah. so I don't know, I so I never got into his whole... Um, Green Lantern run. I did read uh, the Sinestro Corps Wars, um, and I thought that was kind of uh, it was enjoyable, but it was pretty shallow. I thought. I know Andy Frisk said that he thought it was a great commentary on the War on Terror, but uh, I don't know that I got that uh, <laughs> so much. Um, I mean, now that he mentioned it, I do see um, some traces of you know allegory in there, but. Um, not enough for me to suspect that that was Jeff Johns's, you know, um, intent the entire time. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, the new stuff, um, the new Green Lantern with, um, I guess it stars Sinestro, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually kind of interesting. Maybe I'll go back and, um, read the trade, uh, of that because I, I would like to see what he does with, um, Sinestro as a, as a lead. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd like to mention some of the the books I'm reading right now. Uh, they're gonna be reviewed very soon at the comic book bin. Uh, I'm so late in my book reviews. Uh, sorry for the noise. I'm just taking them out of the package. But those are cool books. Um, the first one is a uh, what is it called? Um, It's called, uh, oh my god, I can't, what letter is that? Sometimes when they use crazy fonts. Okay, Tina. Okay, that's what they meant. Wow. Okay. It's called, <laughs> it's called Tina's Mouth. It's like a diary of this high school girl. Um, but it's drawn and written by adults, obviously. And she's like a, this girl from India. Uh, it's an interesting book so far. Um, 
and that's going to be reviewed soon. Um, what? It's from HMH, so it's a, a regular book publisher. Uh, then I got some re something very cool. Uh, I got a Tank Girl book. Ah, oh, nice. The latest uh, collection of Tank Girl stories. Um, yeah. The cover is actually quite funny. You've got a boyfriend holding her breast. Um, mm. <laughs> it's kind of fun. There's another book that I got, which is called uh, One Model Nation. Um, I have no clue what it is. It kind of looked like a manga book in a sense. Not actually, no. Just a cover. Um, I have no clue what it's about. I think it's about a band or something. But that's going to be a cool one. And I got myself a couple of books over the weekend. Um, one of them is uh, Israel Through Comics. Let me see if I can find it quickly. Um, yeah, it's called Israel Through Comics. Uh, I have to read that one too. And I'm also late on my European comics. I've got tons of European comics actually written in French, sitting on my shelf right now, waiting to be read. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I'm so, so late in comics. And I, I keep reading like the easy comics and I... I, I don't I can't forgive myself for doing that because I read the Spider-Mans and the Justice Leagues instead of reading all those cool books. Oh yeah, I know what I got. The other one I got was uh, the latest one by Craig Th Thompson. Uh, we someone um, I I think it was uh, Zach Edwards gave it a the best comic book something in the binnies from this oh, year. Okay. It's like this huge thick book. Uh, a story happening in the Middle East. So I finally got that book. Finally. Oh, it's, uh, is it Habibi? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I finally got that last week. Uh, obviously, I haven't read it yet. But um, I'm not sure if uh, we... Yeah, I think Leroy did a full review of that one already. Mm -hmm. But I'm probably going to review those uh, this week. If I can finally get around to reading all those books. I haven't, I'm really late. Um, some of the... Older books, I've got a couple of books that have been sitting on my shelf for over a year that I, I need to mention. Uh, some of it have been reviewed by Leroy. It's mangas. Some of it is called Children of the Seas. Okay. Uh, I know he's reviewed a few of them on the site already. And the other one, is, which has not, I believe has not been translated into English. It's a manga, but I, I got it uh, in French. It's about wine tasting. It's like, it's like a thriller. Yeah, it's like a thriller on wine tasting, and you've got... Oh, two... my God. I I just read a, an article about that recently. Oh, yeah? Um, uh, well, somebody had it on, like, their um, top 100 comics of it is. 2011 or something. It is. I've got the three first volume. There's, like, over 12 volumes, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. In French, I don't know the, the name in English, but in French it's called... Uh, well, I guess you could call it translation. The translation would be the drops of God. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about wine tasting, and it in introduces the reader to wine tasting. Again, another stuff, another series of book I need to catch on. Um, <laughs> like I've got all those good books, and I'm not even reading them, and they're, like they're top quality <laughs> comics. I feel so I, guilty sometimes. Yeah, I know how you feel. Uh, <laughs> I've got a. Well, actually, I've I've been going pretty. Um, uh, old school on my when I'm buying trades and books and stuff. I think um, just this week I bought the the first edition of the first volume of uh, Strangers in Paradise signed by Terry Moore. Wow. Yeah. So that was I thought that was a cool find. Um, I got it for like seven bucks. So <laughs> and uh, um, 
Yeah, so uh, I have the first edition of the first volume of Straight Bullets that I'm rereading right now. Wow. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I haven't really picked up any um, brand new trades in a while. Yeah, about... Going uh, back and rereading some of the, the good stuff from the past uh, 10 or 20 years. About Stray Bullet, I was told that there, there's there, it's probably out of print. Yeah. Well, And I think um, the the publisher, man, um, the publisher is not in business anymore. The publisher that first published Stray Bullets, I think it's El Capitan, maybe. But that was his own company, I thought. Yeah. No? Because I, yeah. I, I was under the impression that he's working with Image when he's doing his own stuff now. Yeah, yep. Or he's also working with um, Avatar as well. Uh, I know he's got uh, David Lapham has a, a series with um, the Avatar publisher, which is like Warren Ellis and Alan Moore's uh, uh, company. Um, but yeah, he I believe he has been working with um, Image on. I'm trying to think of the name of the book that. Is it Silverfish? Is it the one that he did with Image? Uh, I don't know. Um, I haven't followed those, but uh, yeah, I thought because I was under the impression that he owned all the rights to that book too. So it's probably a cost to get it reprinted, but still, I mean, that's the kind of book that people want to discover again. It, it is a classic, good series. So yeah, uh, I don't know what's the politics of uh, not reprinting that I'm pretty sure I guess if he could he would have done it easily because mm-hmm. um, that's a good kind of value book I mean there's no question about it it's it's just a good series so yeah yeah it deserves to be see print again <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if uh, image you know jumped on the uh, uh, the rights to that um Oh, I, I just remember he did um, Young Liars with Vertigo. Okay, that was that was a great series. Um, I'm trying to find uh, the series that I'm thinking about that he did with um, Image Comics. He also did a really strange uh, series. I found this on. In like a, <laughs> it was uh, through Defiant actually, which we talked about. Uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? Yeah, last week I think. Yeah, but he did um, Warriors of Plasma, and I found a bunch of those on a. Uh, yeah, I've uh, got those. I've got those. I've got. I've got some <laughs> of the originals. Yeah, um, find a lot of those on like um, the uh, discount racks and old bookstores and stuff. <laughs> well, if you find them, buy them. Okay, <laughs> I'm telling that to anyone who. Listen to the podcast. If you guys find those books, buy them. Won't be today, but they'll take value some sometime because everything that he did in Warriors of Plasm was completely original. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because uh, well, Marvel sued again Jim Shooter for mm-hmm. some reason over Warriors of Plasm. I don't know what they found that was infringing, but it was completely original. But they still yeah. sued. It was a really strange series. Like it was very. Uh, I loved it. Ethereal and kind of abstract and weird. I don't know what it, <laughs> how it would relate back to Marvel. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, speaking of uh, weird stuff, you 
I want to talk about quickly. I mean, we're, we're going to have a shorter podcast today, guys. Um, but I still want to talk about one of my favorite Green Lantern series from the 90s. Uh, Green Lantern Mosaic. I don't know if you ever read, ever read that. No, I don't think I have. It's a crazy... It, it was done with the Kali Hamner and... Uh, uh, Gerard... What's his name? Gerard... Uh, he used to write Justice League Europe and a bunch of other DC books way back. It's not uh, Giffen or... No, um... it wasn't Giffen. It was a guy who actually... Uh, he worked with Giffen. Yeah, was it D. Mateus? No, no. It was the other guy, the one who wrote... Ooh. He did exactly what the Matthias would do. Uh, he wrote the script for Giffen, but he also wrote a couple of Justice League after that completely on his own. Um, and he was very involved. Well, he's the writer who also wrote the first uh, Green Lantern series. Let me see. Uh, the one with uh, Pat Broadwick. Uh, let me see his name. I can't believe I keep forgetting all those names all the time. <laughs> It's completely understandable. We have to remember a lot of them. <laughs> um, I'll tell you quickly who it was. Anyway, it was a, the series are called Green, Green Lantern Mosaic, and it fe- featured uh, John Stewart. And um, it was just this over-the-top crazy series that had... Oh, Jared Jones. Okay, I wasn't sure no. about his name, but Jared Jones. Okay, because yeah. it, it felt too close to Jeff Jones. That's why I wasn't too sure. <laughs> okay. Um, and it was just like over-the-top, insightful, kind of a vertical type of book, but with a superhero. Mm-hmm. And crazy stuff happening on planet Oa with a bunch of different alien races living there, small cities and how they live together. And John Stewart trying to keep peace. Um, that's and it was canceled just when they they wanted to reboot the whole Green Lantern franchise, which featured Kyle Rayner. So they killed Guy Gardner's book, and they also killed that one. They were selling pretty well, but uh, they just killed them to make way for Kyle Rayner. Uh, so those were very good. That was a very good series. He, uh, way back, if you guys can find it, it's never been reprinted again. Just like the Atlantis Chronicles. Have you ever heard of that one too? No, I don't think I've heard of that one. Oh, that's like a... It was written by Peter David and the arc was with Esteban Marolo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just retold the entire history of uh, well, DC Comics Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, you know what? I think I've seen ads for that in some of the uh, older comics that I have. Yeah, it was a magnificent series. It's never been reprinted. I don't know why they're not reprinting this book. It's like a running gag that this book has never been reprinted, even though it was like a magnificent series, like beautiful art, uh, extremely complex plot, and a lot of uh, tragedy and stuff. Uh, Obviously, the new Aquaman origin with uh, Jeff Jones is going to be completely different, but it's still a a book worth collecting if you can find it anywhere. Uh, The Atlantis Chronicle... Oh boy, old comics. It's always fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go through uh, some back issue bins to see if I can find that. Uh, I hope you can. It, it's a great series. Yeah, okay. it was just good. Yeah. So, well, uh, you were talking about um, 
that John Stewart book was kind of like a Vertigo series. From what I remember of um, like Green Lantern Corps and Green Lantern um, in like the early '90s, I feel like a lot of those books were really strange and uh, yeah, kind of um, you know they weren't very. Uh, I don't know. I loved them when I was a kid, but I wouldn't say that they were very kid friendly. You know, they were no, kind of they weren't violent and uh, crazy, <laughs> but. I know the Cal Rainer stuff was crazy. I mean, yeah, when his girlfriend was killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's true. That um, was crazy. Yep. But uh, yeah, I uh, I would like to see somebody put like um, like uh, a good sci-fi spin on the Green Lantern series again. That's kind of like. Um, you know, counterculture sci-fi, like strange um, sci-fi, um, or Hawkman. I, I that's a series that really bothers me. Hawkman is so bad right now, oh, and, uh, <laughs> and I love Hawkman. Might be one of my favorite characters, but he's me been too. misused so often. What I'd like to see is um, the original Hawkworld miniseries. Oh boy. That was, was kind of like Hawkman a la uh, 2000 AD. And then the monthly series that they started after that was completely different and kind of crappy. But No, I, it I was good. Well, the first issues like, were good. I, I really, it was completely different. It changed everything. Yeah. It screwed up Hawkman's continuity for years. Yeah. But I still liked it. It was very good comics. <laughs> they were good comics, I thought. Um <laughs> But it's I, back when everyone was greedy and everything. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen something like that for the new Hawkman, not what they're doing now. It's, uh, it's I have no clue what they're doing with it now. It, it's crappy. I'm not. I'm wondering why Why wasn't it canceled? Yeah. Are people still because, buying this? Well, it's one of the books that uh, Leafield is taking over now. Oh, he's taking over <laughs> that book? Yeah. So there were six books that got canceled, and then there was there's three books that um, two of them probably should have been canceled, um, Grifter and Hawkman, and then he's he's also taking over uh, Deathstroke, which I, I was actually really enjoying Deathstroke. I I like um, Kyle Higgins somehow manages to make um, the story very uh, character centric. Um, but at the same time, there's just a constant barrage of bullets and bloodshed on every page. It's uh, it's an interesting mix of uh, character and violence. But I heard that they changed his powers or something. They made him like tougher. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of like um, Superman, except he's not able to fly. He can't. Uh, he doesn't have heat vision, and he kills people. <laughs> so he's like. Um, this uh, super-powered killing machine. So instead of being just like a... I guess he was like a super soldier. In his yeah, he was like a Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, now he's kind of like uh, this unstoppable uh, juggernaut. <laughs> so, You think it was a good call? I don't know. I like the super soldier guy. Yeah, I, I like the super soldier too. And um, I think I, I reviewed the first issue of Deathstroke and... That was one of my gripes, was that I didn't like how much they had um, 
you know, beefed up his powers. But as I continued reading, I mean, it was just um, the, <laughs> I guess the main theme of the, the book so far has just been like pure mayhem. And, um, you know, the aug augmentations that they made to his powers um, in the reboot kind of uh, facilitate that mayhem, you know. So it hasn't really bothered me as much as I thought it would. But now that, um, you know, Rob Leefield is taking over, I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> continue reading it. <laughs> is it um, a question for you? Does, uh, is he still very smart in terms of the, the tactics he would use to, to get whatever he wanted to do in the, in the old Deathstroke portrayal? Yes. Part of the... Um, uh, All the strategy. He yeah. was good at that. Well, the strategy is um, definitely integral to the plot. Okay. But it's it's uh, part of this um, storyline that Kyle Higgins uh, started off with was that Deathstroke was getting old and nobody was taking him seriously anymore. So his entire like prerogative right now is to uh, <laughs> do as many um, ridiculously impossible jobs as he can um, to you know get back on top. But at the same time, there's this underlying mystery, like a, a big picture um, kind of plot. But he's, uh, I would say that he's still, you know, um, a tactician at heart. But like I said, a lot of it is very uh, mayhem related. Um, a lot of it is him, you know, uh, just blowing stuff up. <laughs> But at the end, it ends up there is a plan to all of the... Uh, destruction you know so it's an interesting book and uh, i mean it has uh for right now it has you know simon bisley covers which are absolutely awesome yeah oh, wow. um, but i think those are going by the wayside as well once uh okay. Leafield takes over speaking of uh, simon bisley um has anyone seen lobo since the new 52 Apparently, Lobo is going to be fighting Deathstroke. Uh, oh wow! In the, in the first issue that uh, Leafield is taking over. Oh wow! Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> you were like, "Oh, nice." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's uh, that that I thought that Lobo should have been one of the new Fifty Two. Yeah. The start. Yeah. He was the reason that Rebels uh, became a series that I, I wanted to read every month, um, you know, before uh, it got canceled. Um, I mean, and the old Alan Grant and Keith Giffen stuff. Um, yeah, that was crazy stuff. That was amazing stuff. And uh, Lobo Unbound, I even, I really enjoyed, which was um, one of the newer uh, miniseries. I guess it came out. Probably in like 2005, 2006, something like that. But um, yeah, Lobo is one of my favorite characters. And uh, I, I don't know. I can't wrap my head around some of the choices they made. Like, I don't know. Grifter has <laughs> it's been a terrible series. But uh, I don't know. Isn't There's just some, some characters that shouldn't have been included and some that were... Uh, Isn't yeah. Grifter, I, th I think he's part of, uh, what is it? Uh, Wildcats, he was part of Wildcats. 
but it, wasn't it also part of that new series, uh, um, the Watch? Uh, what is it called? Uh, the Planet. What is it called? The one that uh, has uh, Stormwatch. Yeah, that one. I think he might have been in the um, in Stormwatch uh, in its older incarnation. I can't remember for sure, but he was not in the reboot. Okay. Um, but it's been really bad. I mean, Grifter is a, he's a super powered, uh, con man, which is a really cool idea, I think. And he, he, the character design I think is cool too. I like his, uh, like, um, veil thing that he wears. Um, and right off the bat, it's got like this, uh, Nathan Edmondson, who I really like as a writer. Um, I feel like he was forced into this, uh, whole Damonite, uh, crossover thing that's going on between Grifter and Voodoo and uh, whatever other series are doing that. Um, but, I mean, uh, Superpowered Con Man is such a cool idea, and they introduce him with this um, storyline about alien invaders. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, what is the thought process behind... <laughs> We're going to reintroduce this character to a mass audience, and there are several different, you know, ways that we could go about this uh, correctly, but we're going to immediately <laughs> do something completely wacky and stupid. I don't know. It really annoyed me. It was just written badly, and I don't know. Have you also read Stormwatch? I did. Uh, I started reading Stormwatch, um, and uh, it was almost incomprehensible. Uh, yeah, I read the first two issues. I really didn't like it at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love Paul Cornell. I think he's a. I think he's a great writer. Um, but yeah, uh, that just wasn't very good. The main reason uh, I was re reading it was, uh, I guess, the Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Uh, which I really like. One of my favorite characters. Mm -hmm. uh, he's popped up in the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, last two issues uh, where it's actually quite interesting what they're doing with him. He's actually more interesting there than in Stormwatch. Yeah, he was definitely underutilized in Stormwatch. Uh, I didn't think like there was an actual purpose for him to be there except that um, maybe it drew in readers, you know? Yeah. But uh, I'm still not very happy about the fact that he's not in Justice League, but that's something else. I'm still yeah. hoping that they'll fit him somehow as an original f member, somehow, mm -hmm. I don't think it's happening. I think they're gonna stay with Cyborg, which is a, I guess, something else. Not a bad character, but yeah. he's a Titan. He's not a Justice League guy. He's That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say they should have saved him for a Titan book or something. Um, I think he would make a great leader of uh, of a new Titan lineup. You know. Yeah. Speaking of which, the Titans, which I'm not reading. Um, I, I read the first issue and I just couldn't read it. And I couldn't read the other one with um, uh, Red Arrow. Or Red Arrow and the uh, Outlaws, yeah. Yeah, that one was crap too. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, and it's still, it's not even cancelled. I mean, that's what they should cancel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's not good. It, it's a bad book. Yeah, yeah. Well, just like Hawkman should have been cancelled. Hawkman uh, should have been cancelled too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Grifter should have been cancelled. 
I guess they're going to be canceled soon, all, all those books, because they're not good. I mean, it's crap. Have you been reading Fury of Firestorm at all? Uh, the guy at my comic book store keeps putting it in my yeah. drop list every month, and I keep removing it for some reason. <laughs> I know it's Gail Simone, and I usually like her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they try to make Firestorm appeal to both groups, the Jason Rush and the... Um, is it Rock B? What's his name? I can't remember. <laughs> the original one. Oh my god, I can't yeah. believe I don't even know Firestorm's name anymore. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad when you don't remember a character like that. Wait, I'll find it. Go. But yeah, this new series, it's it's actually both of them are Firestorm now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Raymond. Simone, Ronnie I don't Raymond. think Gail Simone is involved anymore. I think she only co-wrote maybe the first two or three issues. Okay. Yeah, the name of the guy, Ronnie Raymond. Mm-hmm. I keep... I'm, I'm, I'm really scared sometimes when I forget those names because I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, I can't believe I don't remember Firestorm's first name. <laughs> and it came back, yes, before I even searched for it, it came back. Good. Ronnie Raymond, that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what they're doing with it. Uh, I'm not... I, I'm not sure I like the, the that new like super firestorm fury yeah. character that they're building when they're both merged. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a Power Rangers type thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, maybe it works for kids, but not for me. Yeah, um, maybe it's maybe it's aimed towards um, younger teen readers. I'm not sure. Yeah, who knows? Uh, not interested in that anyway. But, um, yeah, um, besides that, I don't know what's happening else in the world of comics these days. Uh, I think everything uh, I haven't been following this week. Um, uh, I am, I think this week I'm going to be work. this next week, I'm going to be working on um, a write-up of a lot of uh, Image comics. I okay. might actually make it into an editorial where I compare Image to Icon and um, Vertigo. You should make it for... Like guys like me who don't read much image, image yeah. work. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm going to make a lot of recommendations. Um, like I said, I've been reading so much image stuff, and it's like blowing my mind. It's almost like a new uh, comic um, renaissance. Uh, you you talk about there's no substance left in you know mainstream comics, but uh, you don't have to go very far off the beaten path to get to image, and there's some really subversive and um, intelligent and interesting stuff. I'm reading, um, uh, I had gotten the first issue of Orkstein, uh, James Stokoe's Orkstein, I guess back when it came out, was it like a year, year and a half ago, something like that. And um, that was really great, and I had a lot of trouble finding the rest of the issues um, in any of the comic stores around San Diego because it had sold out so quickly. And Image doesn't really print a whole lot of copies of their books. So I recently picked up the uh, trade paperback of that, and that is just a gorgeous and really um, <laughs> really offensive book, too. It's interesting. Um, that and uh, some of the monthly titles that Image has been coming out with, like Green Wake is a really uh, abstract horror, uh, surreal um, horror, adventure, dark fantasy, whatever you want to call it. That's really good. And 
there's one book. There's one book uh, I probably should read. Uh, it's called Sweets by Cody Chamberlain. Yeah, I've heard a lot of really good things about that. He and, tweets uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested in picking that up too. I want to um, give that a try. I think they're uh, that just got a movie deal as well. Wow. Um, I think Mark Wahlberg was actually interested in playing the lead in that. But I mean, it, when I when I look at Image, I see this huge, huge. Uh, stable of uh, all really great books and when you look at um you know publishers like icon and vertigo you know there's only a few um actually uh great books that stand out uh, yeah you know, sweet tooth um the unwritten uh fables is kind of um maybe outstate its welcome i think <laughs> um uh, the the unwritten that's mm -hmm. a crazy comic for me because eh, I know I shouldn't be doing that, but I, I buy it every month. Mm -hmm. But I, I've stopped, like, I, I, you know when you fall off a book? Yeah. And it's not a, kind of a book that you can just pick up at any issue and just keep on reading. Oh, no. no, it has such a convoluted uh, <laughs> so, structure. It's insane. It's like, I, I pick it up monthly, too, and um, it gets to be too much sometimes, so I kind of take a break for a couple months. Okay. And then I go back, and it's so uh, dense that it's almost hard to get back into. Like, you almost forget half of the stuff that you, you've already read, you know? But I think, um, I think it's a really great series. I think uh, if you were to read it all at one time, which would be extremely difficult, you would probably, it would probably blow your mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? I know I've been buying them for, like, I think it's been out for, for like two years or something, right? Yeah. So I know I've been buying every single issue. I mean, he dumps the, the the guy. The guy from the comic store is really funny. Like he dumps stuff in my. Although that one I never canceled. I mean, I never asked him to cancel it, but I'm not even reading it. Uh, <laughs> and it, I, I just put it on a stash of books to read because I've got a lot of those. I've got tons of books to read stash. One day, I mean, the, it's gonna be the back issue section of the comic book bin that really gets it one day. Uh, I, I intend to actually review all of those books. That's 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 my problem. I, everything I buy, I intend to review every single one of them because mm -hmm. I'm the comic book bin publisher, and that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But there's so many of them. <laughs> so that one, that series, I mean, I, I've been buying it month after month for years, and I'm still not reading it. I, I just put it there on the side. <laughs> it's crazy. I think it's it's really worth it. I did a couple um, uh, interviews with Mike Carey about the Unwritten for the site. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Just about the the literary nature of the unwritten. It's really um, it almost transcends, uh, you know, comic book. Uh, I guess um, stereotypes. I guess you know, because it's it's so literary. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think it it has. Uh, a lot of merit um, in the literary world. I think a lot of people would uh, be surprised to read something like that. And um, well, maybe one day I'll have to catch up. Well, yeah, I will I, catch I, up. I would definitely recommend it. I mean, I, I definitely will. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm buying it, which is yeah. kind of crazy. I mean, if I'm buying it, I'm going to read it one day. Yeah, I just don't know when. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um,
Yeah, uh, something quickly I'd like to mention. I guess we're pro- and I guess we're it's going to be a one-hour podcast now. Uh, is Kickstarter? <laughs> yeah, there was um... a lot of people have been using ki- quick uh, Kickstarter to finance their comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about that? I mean, you think that's a future? It's a good thing, bad? <laughs> well, what the um... Something just fell through one of the big uh, Kickstarter projects. I can't remember what it was, but they had gotten all of their um, funding that they needed, and then the uh, the creators uh, split. Ouch. Was it uh, Ashes? I think. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was uh, Ashes, um, but I don't know. It might be in some sort of limbo now. I'm not sure if they're going to have to return their. Uh, funding or if they're going to finish the book now or what, but um, I think it presents you know some problems like that, but uh, I think it's awesome that uh, you don't have to go through um, you know, these uh, antiquated uh, avenues to get your book published, because there's some people with some really, really fantastic ideas out there that have to subject themselves to um, maybe a publisher or an editor that, uh, you know, isn't quite as forward thinking or, um, it's the same thing in the film industry, you know, it's, yeah. everything's controlled by, um, uh, political correctness and, uh, uh, you know, you have to confer with your litigators before, uh, you know, saying or doing anything of substance. So it's, I think Kickstarter is a good way to get some um, books out there that aren't um, censored and that are just pure um, pure forms of what their creators intended them to be, you know. And that's why, I mean, this week we have Sundance. I, I haven't been following very much uh, what's happening over there. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do know that Stanley's over there, which... <laughs> Promoting a new documentary, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, on, yep. <laughs> on his uh, history as a writer. I still believe that Stanley probably takes too much credit for a lot of the stuff from Marvel. Yeah. But that would be a different discussion. <laughs> He's yeah. the last guy standing, so it's easy for him to make any kinds of, of claims. Yeah. Well, I, you know, he, uh, I think he was uh, integral to uh, Marvel's development. But like you said, he he does take way too much credit away from guys like Jack Kirby and um, uh, Steve you know, Ditko. Yeah, Steve Ditko. Yep. Although he's alive, but he doesn't want to, for some reason. He's very uh, private. Yeah. Uh, yep. Which is, uh, I think, it's. Um, really admirable you know he's <laughs> maybe the antithesis of stanley yes is, uh, <laughs> he's not patting himself on the back too much i guess so um i guess um we should probably end it now for the this week's podcast sure. just under an hour <laughs> um and next week uh, we'll be back with uh, andy frisk who was away this week um and maybe I don't know. We'll have more to discuss. I don't know what's going to happen since uh, in between. It'll be uh, also closer to now. Like it'll be probably released next Tuesday. That I mean, we're doing it on Friday because we were both busy all week. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so the next one will be closer. Um, but yeah, we can work on that. 
So, uh, Andy, what's your Twitter account again? <laughs> I keep mentioning it every week. Uh, my, my Twitter account is um, at Dan underscore Horn, H-O-R-N. Okay. Uh, mine, Hervé Saint-Louis, is uh, L'Adventurer. Uh, I'm pretty active. Um, I'd like to remind our listeners and people who come to the comic book bin every week, every day, um, if you haven't downloaded our apps, you need to download our apps. I mean, they were made just for you, and they work quite well on phones. And if you're using a platform that doesn't have a comic book bin app yet, um, you can still use a mobile site, which is uh, quite comprehensive, has the same thing that you would find on the regular site, doesn't have the locator, the store locator, or the convention listing. By the way, I did promise that I was going to start updating the convention listing. It's coming soon. Uh, I'm going to work very hard on that. It's going to be fresh from now on. I mean, uh, uh, it's it's time-consuming, but uh, I found a way of getting it done quickly. So uh, that's coming. But the store locator works all the time. So please go and download the comic book band apps. They're all free. So you might as well download them. They work for Android, iOS, and WebOS. Um, I think we're working on other versions of those apps all the time, so don't worry about that. They'll get updated. And, um, yeah, that's what I have to say. And please visit the comic book bin. Listen to the podcast. We have a lot of things to say, a lot of things for you guys to discover. Uh, Dan Horn is a writer at the bin. has been with us for quite a while. And, I, obviously, I'm the founder of the site for the last 10 years. Uh, but there's other interesting voice at the bin that you can also discover every week. Um, so some of them are a little bit more discreet and so on but you can find a lot of their articles so please come and visit the comic book bin um, filling you in since 2002 oh my god I did a commercial <laughs> good job <laughs> right okay so uh, that was it for this week bye bye guys bye Dan see ya see ya